are listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, a podcast recorded in Palestine and about Palestine. My name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands and I am married to a Palestinian. We live in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem and we run Singer Cafe and Al Chisar Bar in Beit Sahur. Before moving to Palestine in 2013, I worked as a teacher and tour guide in the Netherlands. I have a degree in history and in tour guiding and many years of tour guiding experience. Due to the COVID pandemic, tourism in Palestine came to a complete halt and that's why I started Stories from Palestine podcast in August 2020. This is the second year of the podcast with every week on Monday a new episode about the history and heritage of Palestine as well as the reality of life today. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is the first of two parts of the food tour with Izzedine from Sacred Cuisine that I joined last week in the old city of Jerusalem. It was a wonderful experience to walk with Izzedine in the old city. He grew up there and he really knows his way around. And he knows so much about the traditions of food in the old city. We walked around, we visited different shops and a bakery and the old tahina factory left in the old city. And we ate breakfast at a hummus place. We had Arabic coffee and we ate some local sweets. I decided to publish the tour in two episodes and to cut out some of the conversations we had while walking around. And my wireless microphone did not record the first half before the breakfast. So you will hear mainly Izzedine and my voice from a distance. It was also the first time recording with the wireless microphones while walking. And I realized that a lot of the background noise was picked up, but that also gives you a bit of the atmosphere in the old city. Before we get started with the tour, I want to introduce Izzedine by reading from the website of Sacred Cuisine. Izzedine Abdul Aziz Bukhari is the self-taught chef and founder of Sacred Cuisine, a culmination of Izzedine's life experiences that are deeply embedded in his Sufi roots. It embodies everything he values and aspires to instill. Originating from Bukhara, Uzbekistan, his family migrated to the old city of Jerusalem in 1616 to teach Sufism. As a young adult, he moved to the United States and discovered his passion for cooking. When missing Palestinian cuisine, he experimented with recreating his favorite Palestinian dishes. It was then that he discovered cooking as a form of meditation, through which he could lose himself and connect to the world around him. This experience was transformative, allowing him to mindfully contemplate the world around him and inspiring his vision for sacred cuisine. He began to notice where his ingredients came from, how they were grown and what impact the dual processes of their production and consumption had on the ecosystem. Upon returning to Palestine, he decided to take Palestinian food, which is traditionally mostly plant-based, back to its roots of simplicity, versatility and inclusiveness. Starting from the Damascus Gate, here we go on the Sacred Cuisine food tour in the Old City of Jerusalem. 
All right, good morning everyone. Welcome to the old city of Jerusalem. We are standing here on Damascus Gate and as I'm born and raised in the old city of Jerusalem, native to the old city, my whole point through this food tour and through sacred cuisine is to show people and to show others where we are as the people from the old city, shop and buy food. So to expose the old city beyond touristic dishes and ingredients, to get them to know really the Palestinian cuisine and to go on the backstage where we go to the tahini shop, where we go to the spice shop, where we share some stories about dishes, how they came into life and also some information which will give a person good idea about our cuisine, how it was, what the changes was made and where we are standing here today. For example, we are standing on Damascus Gate. As we can see, we have our farmers who bring their produce from their land. These farmers resemble for us our farmer's market. They are the source for Palestinian Baladi product. Baladi as a term, it means my country. And when you say an ingredient, it's Baladi, that means it's natural, that means it's from Palestine and local. So they are the access to us, to these greens, to these vegetables, and they resemble for us the heritage. And when I was a little kid coming to Damascus Gate, Damascus Gate will be full of these farmers. Today we see a small amount of them and it's a shrinking because they are facing many obstacles such as the ability to come to Jerusalem due to the wall, the checkpoint and the hassle of uh, the checkpoint and also the prices that they have to compete with, with the places that are providing a cheaper produce, more, on, more chemical and more uh, not natural. So we're going to start from here. We're going to go to some shops and we're going to have uh, some uh, tasty bites. Hey, and where would these women come from, for example? Most of these ladies, they come from around Bethlehem area. It is the closest to Jerusalem, but also from Hebron and other cities, but mainly from Bethlehem area because it's much closer to Jerusalem. And here, for example, this is like the Palestinian cuisine, how we utilize as much as we can from the plant. And this is the best example. Here, we see Wara Shol. Wara Shol is the leaves of the cauliflower. So these leaves of cauliflower, most people, they don't use them. But for us here in Palestine, we take them and we roll them with some rice, chickpea or rice and ground beef, and they become like grapevine uh, leaves. And now we are in season of cauliflower, so you see them all over. One of the ways also I use it in like stir-fry, they are really great. And as you see these beautiful uh, greens, we have the spinach and we have mamiya. And we have the arugula, roca, jarjil. So these are all fresh from uh, Bethlehem. From Bethlehem, these greens they come to us. And this is uh, a chart uh, which we call sale in Arabic. Parsley, cilantro, another plant we call hindbe. 
I forgot what's the name of it in English. I remember I looked it up, but it's type of a mustardy. It's really more on the bitter side. ما إيش بتسويها حج الهندبي؟ هذه سلطة بتتبع لاكل بتتاكل. طبخ؟ لا. زي ما هي. تحط عليها ملح قبل. ايوه. اه. وهذه كمان بنطبخها مع زيت بلدي ومع بصل كمان، يعني من عيد بنسويها الاريك. ايش هذه؟ هذه حويرنا تبع بنحط مع الجبل. حويرنا. This is one of my favorite حويرنا. That mustard, we put it in yogurt. This is one of the way we eat حويرنا. It's basically hedge mustard. The flavor is a little bit spicy. But it's heavenly good when it is combined with yogurt. So we're going to get all these grains. I'm going to have a very fresh day. Thank you so much. So now, you know, the old city is tight and small. So we have to walk between all the crowds and still catch some bites as we go. Here on the Damascus Gate Bakery. Assalamu alaikum. This is here uh, when people pick up on the way to work. Manaish uh, or kaik or type of a pastry on the go. And on my food tour, this is our first uh, stop where we try some of the manaish. Where he's gonna slice some for us and we're gonna try some of that manaish. For who don't know what's manaish, manaish come on the tabuni bread. Tabuni bread is uh, basically made from whole wheat mainly and it's topped with olive oil and za'atar which has become the manaish. Yalla, let's try it. Please help yourself. Fi bed mashwi? bed mashwi shikla. Ah, You know the roasted egg? Egg that It sounds like barbecued egg. Ah. That's a Mashwi. Mashwi. And so does it taste like mashwi or mashawi? It have uh, that taste of, uh, not like mashawi, yeah, more of, uh, exactly. But it's a very, very dry egg. Because it's very dry, like one of the driest boiled egg you will eat. Oh my God. But, and the falafel uh, also is dry. Yeah. How did it drink? Like oh, you, okay. So, so, the sahlab is made from? Palestinian orchard. From the stem? From uh, the, like the onion. Uh, the bulb? Yeah, the bulb. Sahlab. From the bulb. The sahlab, the drink. I just discovered this. I had no clue and I was talking. Uh, you need another fillers, but the essence, it's coming from the pulp of uh, the orchard, Palestinian orchard, and it is very hard to find it uh, in, uh, now. It's almost impossible because it have to have a certain environment and humidity uh, and kind of grow on the trees. But yeah, they take that bulb and they make it into powder and they mix it with other uh, fillers such as starch and uh, I think uh, cornstarch and some sugar and then you have this mixture. And today, most of the sahlab, they don't have the original essence of the orchard, the sahlab. And that's why they call it sahlab because the flower is called sahlab. And I had no clue. Yeah, this is like uh, one of the most expensive flowers today. When it comes to the old city of Jerusalem, one of the coffee suppliers is Himan. One of the first people who start to sell coffee and maintain selling coffee in the old city of Jerusalem. Today, they are all over Jerusalem, all over the country. You find their coffee everywhere. But they are one of the first people to bring coffee bean to the old city of Jerusalem. There were like two families to bring uh, the coffee bean 
It's Himan and Sanduka. We're gonna drink their coffee for Syria. <laughs> so we're gonna stop here to take some uh, bickles with us. So, bickle is a serious business on our table. As you can see, there's different color, different type of uh, bickles. This is some of the bickles people don't even know what it is. Mumtaz, this is mini eggplant that is uh, bicked when it is still developing and then they bickle it. They used to be use bee juice to get the color. Unfortunately, today it's food coloring. Another thing also they used to use bee juice. This is turnip. It's not beets. It's a turnip. The cauliflower It's also these three use bee juice, but now it's a food coloring. And as you see, here is in turmeric. And another interesting one is the tomato. This is basically green tomato that is pickled. This is on the table, but the supreme of them all is this guy. This is basically our delicacy as far as pickle. This is called makdus. It is also a plant that they take and they cure by putting salt and get rid of that nicotine because ecu plant have a nicotine in it. It comes from the same family as tobacco. So the bitterness that we taste in the ecu plant is coming from the nicotine and they put salt in it to take that bitterness out. Then they stuff it with walnut and chili and cure it in olive oil, which make it very divine. So we're going to pick some pickles for us. We're going to have it. I'm going to try to look for something small. Let's get one from the bottom, so it's cauliflower. Some of these olives, they are not from here, right? Yes, some of it are baladi, olive. You can tell from the size, like this for example is baladi. This is Moroccan. Mm. There is Greek, Moroccan, and baladi. The baladi is not This you talk about pickling um, the olives. There is a difference between pickling the green and the black olives, the way that they do it. Uh-huh. The green olive, it goes with the chili more and uh, with lemon, but uh, garlic as well. On the black olive, they use only lemon and uh, salt. Yeah. Ah, not even lemon, just salt and... Yeah. Uh, and I guess that the green ones, they put them in water, with water, and these probably with oil. Uh -huh. look more oily. Yes, that's why they get all this wrinkle also. You know, another item I don't know if you know about, shaman. You know about the shaman, the Armenian? So, when it comes to the old city of Jerusalem... Old city of Jerusalem, there is many cultures came here and they are part of the culture and the cuisine. And one of them is the Armenian. The Armenian, they have a quarter here. They play a big role in uh, old city of Jerusalem, but also in the food. Here, we have something that's called shemen. And the shemen is made out of Greek and some chili and spices. This paste, you can spread it on like sandwiches and such. But another use for it, they cure meat and pastrami with it. So you can buy like Armenian cured meat, which will have that rub of shaman all around it. And it will have that flavor also into the meat. So shaman is one of the items that you still can find in the old city of Jerusalem in many places, even if they are not Armenian. Because yeah. they are part of the old city flavor. Okay.
So here we have a sea salt from the Dead Sea, the lowest spot on Earth. Provide us with the salt from the Dead Sea. This is basically Palestinian salt, and it's very salty. Habibi, have you got a lot of Okay, we're gonna take this uh, out. Yeah. No, this is like uh, one of the things as a perception. I'm breaking in the old city of Jerusalem as far as tourism because most of uh, the shops dedicated over here to Jewish tourists. And when I bring tourists to simple things and they see, they are buying and they are like going for that market, they are shocked. Why this is a small item that we think it is not touristy, these people are buying it. Like uh, we're gonna go to a place where he make a sesame nut bar. It's like a protein bar. Like how they make a protein bar today? With the asal. Mutaz, exactly. So this is like item, this shop is like hidden in the market. It's very hard to find and he used to sell in Damascus Gate. And when I found he's here, I put him on my food tour. And when I told him I'm gonna bring a tourist, he's like confused. So we will talk about him when we get there. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we are in Abu Sbeh, a sweet shop. Abu Sbeh family blessed us with many stores in the old city for selling sweets. This is not the only shop. There is many of them, but they are the main supplier of sweets of Jerusalem. When it's come to the sweets, a lot of people think of Ba'lawe, Iknafe, as uh, the main uh, sweets but on the food tour i'm trying to show people different sweets which is some of it is even more of the old city of jerusalem so here we're gonna take uh, some collection with us which we're gonna eat when we drink uh, coffee or tea i'm gonna choose some of the best what this place has to offer this is one of them this is called dahda have you heard about it before no Dahdah, it's one uh, of these cakes, is very simple. It's made out of sumelina, walnuts, and cinnamon. But it's one of the old city sweets. Another item is, uh, we have, of course, also the walnut fingers, which is something very light, special. And we have also helbe. Helbe is a cake made of a flour and sumelina and the fungreek. So we call fungreek in uh, Arabic helbe. And this is what we call Atayef, they are very popular during Ramadan. It's basically like a mini pancake is stuffed with the cheese or walnuts. And this is sweet. It's very famous in Ramadan. In Ramadan, almost every night we will eat it. After Ramadan, it's become this item. Barely we will eat it. But here in Abu Sabah, you have it all around the year, the Atayef. Always on my food tour, they're like, oh, what's this? When it's come uh, to, to these sweets, these are most our sweetie sweets, let's say. These basically like a donut dough. This is like a donut. All is uh, deep fried. And after it's deep fried, as it is hot, they drip it in the olive oil. And it soak all the olive oil. This is another version of it, what we call him shabak. They put it in a kind of a squeezer and they squeeze it as they are cooking it in the oil to get all the shape. So it's squeezed and it's getting cooked and they make the shape and after this, they take it and they dip it in uh, sugar with some color and the other part 
They dip it with sugar without the color. Okay, we are about to grab a small plate. في مجال تكتب لنا صحن صغير لو سمحت بدنا ثلاث حبات دحداح ثلاث حبات جوز ثلاث حبات حلبة ثلاث حبات بس بس مسبوسة دي العافية معلم This is we call warbat warbat is like a triangle warbat yeah uh, warbat is like a triangle this is warbe so warbat it's made out of filly dough and type of a pudding from cornstarch and rose water uh, not sahla but uh, almost similar to kind of to it would you like to go to a bakery making cake sure oh yeah this is uh, one of the things especially about cake when it's come to cake you almost ask any person in the old city of jerusalem what make the cake special and everyone will tell you the city the blessing of the city the holy land and if you try to make cake out of jerusalem you will fail and it, it cannot work and there is this so much of understanding and belief that is really founded all people like think of it from young to older people who cook people who make cake and everybody but you know everything can be explained in different way but when you come to the scientific aspect and especially in dough and rising and flour it is so much chemistry and the old city of jerusalem provide safe haven for fermentation and for the dough to rise because all the stones of the old city the humidity that's in the old city so when you are in a bakery which now we will see it is kind of like a place got its own environment and the stones and the humidity give that dough perfect environment for it to rise and also the wood oven and to bake in the wood oven one of the things that people don't realize that's when you have a stone oven or anything you use which get seasoned this flavor it will carry on and it will be embedded in these stones and in the oven so you have like more than 200 years sometimes 300 years of these bakeries baking cake on a stone that have seen many cake in and out yeah. so all that flavor is kind yeah, of embedded in and cake is one of these items that's approved a Palestinian chef or a person who cook very well kayak will put it on a test i seen many kayak pictures of people making kayak and it is you can tell by the shape how amateur is it because it is not easy to uh, perfect this is actually one of the neighborhoods which take us to the Ethiopian side of the old city here as also in the in the name of the street, the Ethiopian monastery. Here we have an Ethiopian community who live over here. And there is a church. And in that church, you can go inside and you will see a Bible with the black Jesus. It's like the Ethiopian community. Many of the Ethiopian Christians, they live over here in the old city of Jerusalem. And most of them grow up in this monastery. Assalamu alaikum. So we are here in Alvazim Bakery. Alvazim Bakery, it's one of the many places that they supply the old city of Jerusalem with kayak, but they are one of the most professional and one of the first people who start to do kayak. 
And right now, they are the main supplier of kak in the old city. So wherever you walk in the old city of Jerusalem and Jerusalem and you see people selling kak on the cart, most of the time it's coming from uh, Al-Wazim family. So this oven, this humble oven, supplies millions of kak. And if you go and see over here, they just finished uh, the operation, but they still have, that's the last of the kayak left to sell for today. And uh, this oven, these stones, we're going to take the camera inside. This is where the magic happens. Go to the left. Uh, here is the charcoals. The wood. So it's, uh, there is different process in the operation. There is uh, the dough making and the rising and the baking. Yeah. So this is our version of boiled eggs, it's actually roasted eggs. These eggs are put in a box with shaved woods. And after they finish baking the kaik and they turn it off, there is a lot of heat in the oven. So to utilize this heat, they take this egg, they put it in the boxes, metal boxes, and they leave them in the oven till next day, eight hours. About uh, eight hours. So this is, see, so here, the eggs, and this is wood shaves because, so the heat, it kind of make a buffer for the heat so the egg does not explode. Uh, this is like a boiled egg, it's more on the drier side, but it's got the charred flavor into it. Something will change the perception of what boiled egg is. <laughs> See, when you have leverage, when you have connection. <laughs> He's like, put these back, don't take it from these, take it from these, the hot one. So if you, if you feel them, you see it's got some uh, warmness still. So, we're about to go eat some hummus. So we're gonna pick up some kayak, we have our roasted eggs, we have our pickles. So our breakfast is ready. Wow. <laughs> you like a crispy kayak or yeah. more crispy? Yeah. Me too. You? I can take the eggs, or you can keep them in your hand if they are warm. معلم خط أربع كعكات خط أربع من قبل بضاب كمان تنتين وكعكتين. نعم. حبيبي. لا معنا كياس كم بده من here? Is it okay? ممنوع الكياس بهدلوني أسكت ساكت. أجانب بدول ممنوع كياس. The old city is very intimate. You know, even your neighbors are like on top clothes, uh, like the sittings of the old city. It is very squished and tight. So the house is kind of above each other. Your neighbor hear you on your lowest conversation. So there is so much intimacy happening in the old city. People are very kind of in each other faces and businesses. <laughs> the other day I had a food tour and I'm trying to hurry up. And it took me just 10 minutes to say good morning to this and good morning to that. And uh, <laughs> 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 
And that's the beauty of it. This is another thing in the old city people don't know. Just to live in the old city, it's a struggle by itself. You cannot build, you cannot renovate, you cannot fix. Everything have to do with the old city is more complicated and complex. And in the same time, we don't get attention from the authority. And it is one of the ways to make people leave the old city. And if you talk to the people of Jerusalem and such, and people in the whole country, they tell you, like, coming to the old city is a big hassle. People are getting really uncomfortable here in the old city. And like, imagine if you have to renovate your house and you have to do it by smuggling the material. And if they catch you, they will find you. Under the excuse, you need a license, which you will never get, you know. We're gonna go eat some hummus now. The best hummus. Habibi Khalid, So we're here in Abu Ahmad. Abu Ahmad, one of the shops uh, that make hummus in the old city of Jerusalem. And that's the thing, people come to me and always ask me, where's the best hummus place, you know? And I'm like, it is so unfair to, to credit one person. I will tell you the best five or the best three, but Abu Ahmad is one of them. The thing about Abu Ahmad hummus, it's more on a light version. So, especially I'm making a food tour and I'm taking participants to go up the stairs and down for three hours walk. So, we need something to consider as far as our movement. So, his hummus is one of his hummus of life, still very delicious, and his falafel and everything. So, we're about to dive in, not in, just into hummus plate. There is more than hummus, and this is another part of the food tour to talk about, to show other plates beyond the hummus. Um, واحدة مسبحة وواحد حمص معفول بس عاد سواء حمي فيك العافية شو أخبارك Yes, uh, I take with me uh, the utensils and plates and the cups all from papers so we don't uh, add to the consumption of the plastic so when we come to these shops and to ask the shops to provide us with the plates, it's kind of tricky because it's more expensive for them. So I'm like, you know what, save you plastic, I will save you money and I will bring my own plates. And some of them are entreated by this behavior. And uh, most of the participants, they really like this idea. And I've been doing food tours, uh, you know, for three years without the corona year. And I see how much I add to using plastic. So this is something I start to do after the corona. And really, it also feels so good. And help other people to see there is demand for it. I would like to help them with this process. So I'm trying to uh, work on a project with like get some fund and uh, work with these people to kind of supply them for a certain time and give them from where they can buy and see how it goes. Uh, but it's a tricky because uh, it's all about money. And when it comes to businesses, usually they want to just to save money. So we're gonna have some kayak. Here's some kayak. This is makdus. Makdus. Mm -hmm. It's bitinjan, uh, baked on a tiny sizes. And after this, they open it, they put some salt for a few days to get rid of the bitterness. After that, they stuff it with the chili, walnuts, garlic. And they put it in olive oil, they cure it in olive oil, it stay in olive oil till you eat it. So yeah, like uh, that intensity of bickling, it's kind of get smoothed out uh, with the olive oil. So it's less strong flavor because you need it when you have the walnut and the chili 
need to something to kind of round the flavor. Slam habibi. Msabbaha. So, when you come to hummus place, there is so many dishes you can order. For example, one of them is fatte. Fatte is one with the bread. But unfortunately, the fatte is something that you cannot find anymore in a lot of the hummus places. And this is the problem of tourism. Because uh, people, uh, shops, you know, they just want to serve what sell and easy and still make money. And when you have a lot of tourists come, you don't even know about the fatte. And you don't have the nerve to explain it to them. And the hummus blade is very popular. So they take the fatte out of the menu. But uh, also beyond fatte, we have msabbaha. Msabbaha is what we have here, for example. So msabbaha is the reversed way of how you blade a hummus blade. For example, here is the hummus blade, here is the msabbaha. Hummus blade, mainly a lot of based of the grounded hummus. After this, it stopped with the chickpea whole hummus itself and some olive oil. Here, it's mainly the chickpeas. This is the main what's on the plate, a little bit of hummus on the top, and a lot of tahini and olive oil. And it's called msabbaha because msabbaha as a word, it's coming from something swimmable. So you are swimming in the tahini and olive oil. And if you are Palestinian, you always have extra olive oil in your labane, in your hummus and such. And msabbaha is uh, where you have a lot of tahini and olive oil. Another plate of hummus that people don't know about, it's called makhluta or utsiye. Utsiye means Jerusalemite. And this is basically a mix of fava bean and hummus. They put them together and they mix them together and then they serve it. So that's why you see some brownish because there is the fool, the fava bean with the hummus and of course a lot of olive oil. And of course the classic hummus plate which you can top it with a chickpea you can top it with fava bean or both today we are getting both this is another way which show you the creativity of the cuisine and the utilizing this is basically like a, like a salsa green salsa it's made out of cilantro garlic chili but the water is here it is the water what they boil the hummus in so after they boil the hummus, you have a lot of water. They don't throw it away. They take it. They add some chili, garlic, cilantro, parsley, lemon. And we end up with this sauce, which is also something can complement the flavor. But here, you know, if we look at the table, always when you go to any hummus place, you will get pickles. You will get uh, raw onion. Pickles, they play a big role on the table. And actually, pickles play the role of palate cleansing. So when you come to eat hummus, like for example, if you go to drink fine espresso in very good espresso bar, they will give you a soda water to kind of cleanse your palate. It's because when you want your palate to be neutralized when you are eating uh, such a thing. And also, another aspect of the pickles, when you are eating hummus and bite after bite, you're palate get dominated by the flavor of the hummus so when you eat some pickle it's kind of freshen up again your palate and welcoming the hummus again and also after you finish eat hummus you want to get rid of that tahini flavor and the strong so you eat some pickle and you washed off so much talking now time to eat please help yourself thank you dear Next week, you can hear the continuation of the tour.
We will visit the tahina factory, talk about Arabic coffee, the sesame nut bars and about spices, wheat, za'atar and much more. So make sure to tune in again. I want to take this opportunity to tell you that Louisa's video is almost ready. She made a five minutes video for Christmas and it is called Jesus was not born in a stable. Last year around Christmas, I made a special Christmas episode that you can still listen to if you haven't heard it yet. Just go back to December 2020. And last year, many people made a Christmas gift to the podcast to support the work and to support our family as we are struggling our way through the corona pandemic. And this year, we are promoting the Christmas video in which you can see where Jesus was actually born, right here in Palestine. You can receive the link to the video by making a donation on the Kofi platform in the Kofi shop. I will post a direct link in the show notes. You can also follow Stories from Palestine on social media and you will get instructions there too. And when you do the donation, please leave your email address so that I can send you the link to the video. And if you're not managing with Kofi because it needs a PayPal or a Stripe account, then you can always write me an email or message me on Facebook or Instagram to find another way. Once you did the donation and you received the link and you enjoy the video, you can also share it with others to introduce stories from Palestine to them. For listening to stories from Palestine. If you enjoy the podcast, then here are several things you can do to support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast, share some of the social media posts on Instagram or Facebook, start following the YouTube channel. You can also hear the podcast audio there. And soon I will start uploading videos. Sign up for the email list so that you get a reminder with a clickable link to the new podcast episode and in the future you will be updated about programs and trips that I will start to organize. And of course you can donate to help me pay for hosting the podcast and the website and all the related recording costs. It's the only source of income I have at the moment so you can imagine how much I appreciate every cup of coffee or falafel sandwich that you buy me on the Kofi platform. All the links that you need can be found in the show notes and on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. That's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>